welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. It is September 17th. We have one more race to go in round one. They will be going to Bristol Motor Speedway. It's going to be an action-packed race. I'm really looking forward to it. And after this race, there will be only 12 drivers left competing for the 2020 championship, which means we got to get our fantasy picks in. We got to make sure we have the best ones lined up. But before we get into that, let's look back into NASCAR history on this day because we have some pretty interesting races here. That happened on September 17th, including the 2007 race at Chicago with Martin Trex Jr. He got the victory leading 91 laps. He beat Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin in this race. All these drivers led more than 20 laps. Kevin Harvick led more than 100 laps. And this was an important race because this was the first win of the playoffs. And it was also the year Martin Trex Jr. got his first championship in the Cup Series. Then we go back 11 years to Kevin Harvick, driver of the number 29 Richard Childress racing car at the time. He got the win at Loudoun, which is also known as New Hampshire Speedway. He led 196 laps in this race. Absolutely dominated this race. This would be his fourth win of the season and his ninth win of his career. He now sits at 57 victories, more than likely going to get plenty more to add on to his legacy. And then we're going to go back to 2000, where Jeff Burton got the victory at New Hampshire Motor Speedway as well. He led all 300 laps of that race. This was one of the last races to have the winner lead all the laps in the Cup Series. This is also known as one of the most boring races in postmodern NASCAR era. If you don't remember this race in particular, this is when New Hampshire decided to go to restrictor plates due to a lot of fatal accidents happening at this track, including... Adam Petty, who is the great-grandson of Richard Petty, and Kenny Irwin Jr. They both died at New Hampshire on practice laps. So NASCAR was trying to do something to make the racetrack more safer. I understand that. But they gave us one of the most boring races and one of the worst races ever in NASCAR history. I think the only one that amounts close to this one is the 2008 Brickyard 400. We covered this in an earlier episode, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But yeah, congratulations, Jeff Burton. You did win the race and you did lead all 300 laps, but every single one of us hated it while we were watching it. And also one last quick note before we get into some news. All these drivers got a victory in 2007 within the first 13 races, and all of them were racing Chevrolets. Nowadays, we see Martin Trex Jr. in a Toyota, Kevin Harvick in a Ford, and Jeff Burton in an NBC Sports Network office. So let's get into it. Let's first start off with this week's news in the NASCAR racing world. Kind of some interesting news here for all you Matty Bandetto fans as he just reported earlier today that Wood Brothers has until the end of the month to renew his contract. This is pretty interesting because he was talking to the media on Thursday morning and he said that the Bristol race could impact his contract with Wood Brothers Racing to return to the number 21 next season. There was a little bit of speculation that maybe Austin Sindrick could go to that number 21 car. It was just nothing but rumors but now it says that Wood Brothers has not renewed the contract 
yet. And a lot of people were thinking a multi-year contract. It could go all the way to 2023, that DeBiondo said. But it's going to be year by year for now. And honestly, he's going to do everything he can here at Bristol. We saw what he could do last year. Almost won the race and put the number 95 into the chase. Just missed it by one position. So we know what he can do at Bristol. But it seems like Bristol doesn't really like him too much because he always has something big as far as contracts go or being let go when it comes to this racetrack. So let's see what he can do. But right now, Matty Bandetto could be on the chopping block with Wood Brothers if he does not perform this weekend. And the silly season for the 2021 just keeps adding up as Daniel Suarez has reported earlier this week that he will not return to Gaunt Brothers Racing next season in that number 96 machine. He says he's going to be looking for more opportunities to race in a more competitive setting. A lot of people are speculating that he could be going to that number 43 car. As we stated last week, Bubba Wallace will not be returning to the number 43 this one's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, Daniel Suarez, I understand where he's coming from. This is an open charter team. Hasn't really been that competitive, and he's been with competitive teams. He's been with Joe Gibbs, and he's also been with Stuart Haas Racing, that number 41. But in all honesty, what he hasn't really done much in these top cars. And this was really for him to kind of show what he could do. And he has a little bit of sponsorship backing him up. Don't get me wrong. That's a good reason why he got a full-time season with a team that was only running part-time last year. However, I don't really see any other teams except maybe the number 43 team picking him up. And, I mean, if he's fine with the number 43 team, that's awesome. But I don't see anyone any more competitive. But now that Gaunt Brothers Racing uh, slot has opened up, so it's going to be interesting which driver goes there. Could potentially be someone like Ryan Priest or someone from the lower series. We'll have to see. But one thing's for sure, the number 96 will not be driven by Daniel Suarez next year. A driver has been replaced in their ride for this weekend at Bristol for lack of sponsorship, and that is the number 15 of Brandon Poole will miss Bristol's race as J.J. Yaley will replace him in the number 15 machine as he has Thrive 3 as a sponsorship. Man, if you're just Brendan Poole, you, nobody loves you at all. I mean, look how it's been for him in the 2020 season. I want you to picture this. When they were talking to all the rookies, they did not include him for the rookie of the year. They had Quinn Hoff there. Quinn Hoff! And he has done horrible. At least Brendan Poole's done better than him, but they hardly said anything about him. They were just like, oh yeah, he's a rookie too. Yeah, he's running for it. Who gives a damn? That's basically how it was. And then when we were um, postponing the races due to the pandemic, everybody in the Cup Series was welcomed in with open arms, except for Brandon Poole. He had to race his way in to run into the main race. And they said, the way that you're allowed, I mean, they even had Parker Kligerman and Dale Earnhardt Jr. running those races, and he couldn't even get locked into this position. Now he's been kicked out of his own ride with Rick Rare Racing due to lack of sponsorship. Brandon Poole has had no luck this year, and this is a good way to sum it all up. He even just lost his ride. So, Hopefully, Brandon Poole gets back into the car. It looks like it's just a one-off deal since Greg Galding is taking over the 27 car and has sponsorship. That is why J.J. Yelly is in search for a ride, and that's why he probably went to the number 15. And in the end, Brandon Poole got shafted once again, this time by his own team. 
and that will conclude this week's news. There was not too many stories, but there at the same time, these were some pretty important stories. I mean, Matt DiBandetto could be on the chopping block. That's really big. And then also having Daniel Suarez as a free agent. There's also some speculations going on, such as Kyle Larson going to Rick Henrik, as well as... Bubba Wallace being with Denny Hamlin's new Toyota team that could be forming and Ricky Craven having his own team in itself. But there's not really too much to back that up at this time. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll consider those some good speculations. But for now, that's all they are. They're not really news. They would be fake news. Now it's time to look at this weekend's picks and see which drivers are the best to go for and which drivers are the best to save for another day. It is time to make our fancy picks for Bristol Motor Speedway. Let's get into it. Picks are starting to slim down ever so slowly as the races go by, which means we got to be really smart on who we decide to use for these races. So I'm going to include all the chase drivers as well as some other non-chase drivers who could be some good, valuable options to hold off some of your top guys in the meantime. We're going to show the top dogs. We're also going to show some guys who are going to be probably top 10 in fantasy points and some dark horses that could be a bit risky to go with, but at the same time could pay off greatly. Let's look into it. We're going to first start off with our top dogs, the easiest picks to go with. And the first one by far is Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch does phenomenal at Bristol. It's no surprise there. He's swept the weekend a couple times here in all series. This is a track he absolutely loves. He finished second. Second in the All-Star race, and in the last few finishes, he's finished fourth, fourth, first, twentieth, first, and first. So half the races he has won, most of the races he finishes in the top five. By far a safe pick. Put Kyle Bush on your roster. This is without a doubt a great race to use him for one of your picks. Next person I'm going to move on to is Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott absolutely loves this track. His short track package has been really good. He won the All-Star race. Almost run the race earlier in the 2020 season. Got caught up with Joey Logano there in the final laps. But in the other races, he's done really good too. He's finished 5th, 11th, 3rd. He did wreck out but scored some stage points. So he's a little bit up and down per se compared to most other top dogs. But we know he's going to be doing really good in this race. I mean, everything seems to be working out really well for Chase Elliott. I mean, Richmond, look at that. That was a racetrack he sucks at, that according to his team. And then he did phenomenal. So I think Bristol, where he won earlier this year and then got caught up in that wreck, you know he's going to be going for that win. So maybe a good idea to put Chase Elliott on your list as well. Brad Keselowski, last weekend's winner. He's also the last winner here at Bristol. Also finished third. He has had some rough finishes, but at the same time has scored a lot of stage points. Another great pick to go with. There is a chance he could struggle, but at the same time, if he does struggle, he still could get you 28 points because he does so good at this racetrack. That is another top dog to go with. And then let's include Denny Hamlin as well in that number 11 machine. Got a victory here last year where he edged out Matt DiBandetto. And then the other finishes, he's finished 17th, 5th, 14th, and 14th. But same with Brad Keselowski, he scores a lot of stage points. So I think for this race, he's still a very viable option to go with. I think his floor, the least amount of points he's going to score in this race is 35 points. Everywhere up is going to be good. He's also the favorite for this race. I mean, what's not there to like about Denny Hamlin? He's had a few rough finishes here in the playoffs. I think he's going to turn it around here in this race. 
Then lastly, let's include Joey Logano. He was poised to get a top three in the spring race, and he was doing really good. Just got caught up in that accident with Chase Elliott. You know he's coming back to this race with vengeance. He wants to get a good finish. He's been doing really good the last few races. Wouldn't be a bad idea to throw Joey Logano on your list as well. And those are your top dogs by far. Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano are all great picks to go for in this race. Now moving on to the top 10 guys, one guy that's also a really, really good pick to go with. He's going to be definitely more of a top seven, top six guy, more than seeing him as a top three. That is Clint Boyer, driver of the number 14 machine. He did finish second earlier this year. And then in the other races, he's finished seventh, seventh, sixth, eighth, a very good, reliable option. He needs a consistent race today, and he's going to be able to do that in that number 14 machine. Not a bad idea to put Clint Boyer on your roster for Bristol. Kevin Harvick sits more in the back in this race, more than usual. He's He finished third in the All-Star race. Then the other races, he finished 11th. He wrecked out of one, finished 13th, 10th, and 7th. This is not really great stats for Kevin Harvick. If you want to use him, that's fine. I really discourage it because in all honesty... He can do so much better at Las Vegas. He can do so much better at Kansas, Texas, Phoenix. There's a lot more races that look better for him than Bristol. So if you've already used him twice, Bristol is not the way to go for Kevin Harvick. If you haven't used him yet, you are one ballsy son of a bitch. But if you want to use him here at Bristol, I'm not so much against it. But I just don't think it would be the best call. Moving on down the road, we got Kurt Busch in the number one. He's similar to Clint Boyer. He's a good, viable top 10 option. He did get some victories in the number 41 machine, but ever since he moved on over to Chevrolet, he's been more of a top 10 guy. Still don't let that discourage you. He finished seventh with 30 points in the last race, and then also ninth with 40 points, and then second with 40 points. So he's going to be right there in the high 30 end for you for this weekend. Kurt Busch, not a bad option to go with as well. Martin Trex Jr. sits more as a top 10 guy, and he doesn't really have the stats to back him up here at Bristol, but with all the consistency he's had so far in the last 10 races, it's so hard to go against him. It's hard for me to say that Martin Trex Jr. is going to be finishing 15th, 16th with no stage points after his phenomenal run he's had in the last couple of months. 20th, 13th, 17th, and he wrecked out of the last couple. Not good points, but I've seen him score stage points. There is a good chance he can get another top five in this race. I think it's going to be more of a ninth place finish. Not really as close compared to the other races, but then again, look how he's done. It's hard to take Martin Trex Jr. off your roster at this point. And then lastly, I'm going to have two drivers here in the top 10 list. You're really going to pick one or the other. And that is Alex Bowman and Austin Dillon. Their stats are a little bit similar, and I've been really rude to Alex Bowman. I haven't been including him on any of my lists, and he has proved that he should be at least a top 10 guy, according to his past few results. Austin Dillon, too. Austin Dillon has had a phenomenal run, and in the last race here, he finished 6th. And then for Alex Bowman a couple years ago, he finished 8th and 5th. He did get into an accident the most recent race. However, he does have some potential to score you some points. If I were in your boat, I would lean towards one or the other. I wouldn't really put both of them on my list because they're more of risk takers per se. I know I both put them in the top 10. However, they could both finish 13th and 14th as well. I'm looking at Austin Dillon for how well he's finished in the last couple of races and how well he's ran. And then Alex Bowman for his top 10 consistency ever since the playoffs have started. So if you're going to use one of these guys, pick one. I wouldn't pick both. 
Now moving on to the Dark Horses, I'm going to have another uh, pick one out of these two here, and that is Matt Bandetto and Ryan Blaney. Both these guys are in a situation where they're on the outside looking in. Matt Bandetto is 25 points behind, and Ryan Blaney is 27 points behind. These guys are going to do whatever they can to win this race, and believe me, Matt Bandetto does have the potential to win this race, but he could also show what he's been doing throughout the entire summer and struggle tremendously. The same with Ryan Blaney. He has scored great points here at Bristol. He finished 4th with 46 points and 7th with 46 points in the 2019 and 2018 season, but what happened in those other races? races he wrecked and that is what you're going to get with Ryan Blaney I like Ryan Blaney I want to see him advance on but he's just been way too inconsistent lately I mean when you get good stage points but you can't seal the deal I'm sorry you're not going to make it into the next round however one of these guys could be the upset winner in this race if you feel like it's going to be one of these guys you got to pick one over the other honestly at this point I lean more towards Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, we've seen the potential that he's had in that number 12 car. He's gotten a victory, and I feel like he is a better option to go with than Matty Bandetto. Again, same with Alex Bowman and Austin Dillon. Pick one, don't pick both. Next, let's move on to Eric Jones. He's the first driver on this list that is not in the playoffs. I mean, he runs really good here. He's gotten a couple top fives, but at the same time, he has a few finishes outside the top 20. He's kind of, that's why I consider him more of a dark horse, because he could get you 39 points, but at the same time, he could score you only 16 points max. If you're going to use Eric Jones, he is your sixth pick. He is the option that you want to put in the garage. If you have, say, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer, and Kurt Busch as your top five, throw Eric Jones in there. Why not? Maybe he can get you a top five and get you 39 points. That's a great option to go with. But if you're taking gambles like Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, and people like that, I mean, it's best to put him off your roster. So Eric Jones, good viable option if you have some more safe picks to go with. William Byron also kind of fits in this spot because he's on the outside looking in. He's behind by three points, needs a good finish. He finished eighth in the last race and scored 34 points. And then the other races, he's finished 16th or worse. He does really like this track, and he said over in the All-Star race that this is one of their best tracks. So by all means, he again, I think he's a fifth-place guy more than a sixth pick. So he's going to do everything he can to make it into these playoffs. Is he going to be going for a victory? I mean, I didn't think he would at Daytona, but he did. So he could be running near the front. He could have the same run as Chase Elliott. By the same time, that 16th place could haunt him and he could miss it. More of a risky pick, but he could also at the same time bring you 35 or more points. Moving on, we have Eric Amarola here as well as Cole Custer. Again, I I think I like this option better when I throw two drivers here and you can only pick one because it it is way too risky to start throwing all these drivers together. And let's include teammates. I mean, Eric Amarola, he won stage one of the All-Star Open, did really good, but... In the race itself here at Bristol, the last couple years, done absolutely appalling. His best finish has been a 29th in the last two years. He did get a 6th place before that, but that was a little while ago. Can you trust Eric Amarola to put it all together? He needs a good finish. He's only 7 points above the cut line, so he does need to get at least a top 10, but he is a risky pick to go with. If you think he can get the top 10 and pull it off, by all means go with him, but I just want to show him right here because he does get 
into accidents. And he does struggle at this track in the last couple of years. And then Cole Custer, again, he's just like Eric Amarola. I think he's going to be more of a 14th place guy. This would be definitely a guy that you're just like, all right, I want to save some of my picks. I need this guy for my fifth or sixth place. I don't think he's going to score no more than 27 points in this race. That's what I personally believe. And I think he's going to finish 14th or 15th. Eight points behind. If someone gets into an accident, he for sure is going to finish 15th. He's going to play it safe. Um, I think the max, the best I could see him do is an eighth place finish. So if you think he can get the eighth place, by all means go with him. But other than that, I really don't see Cole Custer doing any better than that. And then lastly, let's include another non-playoff guy, and that is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's consistency has been pretty good here. Then again, I also said that at Richmond, and look how bad that bit me in the ass. He finished 3rd, 18th, 10th, 9th, and 3rd in the last 5 races. Does really good in this race, but at the same time, I've noticed that his finishes have been more on the outside than on the inside of the top 10. Most noticeably, Darlington did really good with stage points, finished 18th. Richmond hit the wall, finished five laps down, just an appalling race. So if you think Jimmy Johnson can redeem it at Bristol, by all means put him in. I think that would be a good dark horse to put in if you don't think about any of these other guys. If you want a good, reliable pick, I'd say Jimmy Johnson could be a good one to surprise you here at Bristol Motor Speedway. And that is our final picks. Now it is time for me to decide who I'm going to go with. By far, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I haven't used him yet. He's been doing really, really good. Kyle Busch is another great option for me to go with. I like Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch. Those are some good picks that I have not really used yet, and they could give me a good, reliable top 10. As for the other guys, it's going to be pretty interesting. I might take a risk on Ryan Blaney as my sixth place guy. I'd rather use him more than any of the other dark horses. And then for the other guy, I think I am going to lean the most towards Austin Dillon. I mean, Austin Dillon has been such a surprise here in the first round, and he just finished sixth earlier in the year at this racetrack. I think I'm going to go with Austin Dillon as my fifth pick. So here are my finals. Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon, and Ryan Blaney. Let me know who you guys go for and who you guys are thinking are going to be the best options. We'll see what we can do by the end of the weekend, and hopefully I can finally get my first win in, I don't know, like six races. It's time for me to be back up on top. And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode. Guys, don't forget that the Bristol Motor Speedway race is going to be held on Saturday night starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the NBC Sports Network. You don't want to miss it. This race is not going to be like Richmond. I pray that it's not going to be like Richmond. We've had some great races here, and I really don't feel like that here in the playoffs where it's make or break for a lot of these guys, especially guys who are only 10 points away from making it or missing it, I mean, it's going to be a good action-packed race, and there's no way in hell I'm going to miss it. So again, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on NBC Sports Network. You don't want to miss it. And above all, thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into Pit Road, collect my last place winning, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.